from Anchor.fm out of Philadelphia. I'm Quincy Stallworth with Kingsay Questions. Today we talk with Nefertiti Golden. She's an independent singer-songwriter from out of the New York, New Jersey metropolitan area. She has performed all over the country and in 2019 made an appearance in Austin, Texas's South by Southwest Festival. Her music is a smooth neo-soul sound from the Ots period. Nefertiti most recent EP is titled, It Would Have All Been Different. She dropped that in 2018. She's currently working on a new EP titled Conversations. That will be released later this year in 2020. Please join us with Nefertiti Gold. But first, these messages. Your brand is operating on your behalf 24 hours a day, and brand consistency builds confidence. At 1030 Designs, we help you build brand confidence by creating cohesive logos, social media posts, websites, and marketing materials so your audience knows who you are at a glance. We're here to help, and we're ready to get busy for you. Visit us at 1030designs.com today. That's 1030designs.com. Hello, Nefertiti Gold. Welcome to Kinsey Questions. How you doing there? How you doing? Hey, Quincy. How are you? Thanks for having me. Never better. It's good to have you on. How you been? I've been pretty good considering the world, you know, coming to a stop Uh, (laughs) pretty much. Yeah, that, that. That happens. That happens. <laughs> uh, we're going to jump right into this interview because I'm such a fan of everything you do. Um, let's talk oh, about... thank you. Thank you. are welcome. Let's talk about your music. And I want to talk first about the name of your production company because it's a very cool name. And I, I don't I don't know if this is your production company or this is someone you're working with. It's called As Gold As It Gets. Is this your label? Um, honestly, that was just the name that like I put into like the distribution when I was like uploading my stuff and I thought it sounded pretty dope. It's not like an it's not like an official production company in any sense. It was just kinda like, well, I'll just put this in here because it sounds pretty dope. <laughs> yeah, but I mean that's a pretty dope sound. It sounds like uh, a, a reputable company. Are you going to uh, keep going with it? It's good as gold as it gets. Um, I haven't initially given it like that much thought. I mean, now that you bring it up, it's it does sound like a, a good idea to like uh, expand on sometime in the future. <laughs> but right now, I don't have any like immediate plans for it. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to steal it from you in case you want to keep going with it. I like it. <laughs> Thanks. So in 2018, you released eight an eight-song album titled It Would Have Been, It Would Have All Been Different. Written, played, yeah. produced, and completely designed by you. Uh, how, yeah. how did you come into doing that? Well, I just had like a... Uh... For the longest time, I had like a, a lot of songs that I had written to like guitar, but I didn't really do too much with them. Like I would perform them, obviously, for like open mics and things of that nature. But 
it didn't, it wasn't like maybe like a few years after everything was written that I like decided to like kind of re-examine the songs and try to tell a story with them. And I just realized that they all had pretty much like a common theme. So the the EP itself, it would have all been different. It's just kind of, it's, it's extremely emotional. And it's one of those things that like, I tend to not like, you can get Mm-hmm. Um, for me it would have all been different it's just uh, it's more so a reflection of like life being different if like my father was still around right because they say that like a, a woman's first love or a, a woman's first understanding of what a man should be mm, comes sorry. from like that father figure and my father passed when I was really young so I feel like I write a bunch of like these love songs about these heartaches and it really just comes from like not really understanding fully of what I should be looking for. And I feel like it just always stems back of, it always stems back to like not having my father around, unfortunately. So like it's a combination of like these heartbroken songs because it would have all been different because I probably wouldn't have uh, been writing and them. And reading your place. website, I saw that you are working currently working on a new EP titled Conversations. In light of what you just told me about losing your father at a young age, and I'm sorry that that happened to you, are these conversations, it feels like conversations yeah. maybe with your father or, or in, 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 that, in that vein of uh, Dance With My Father song by Luther Vandross, is it in vein of those sort of conversations? Um, not really, because the, the initial uh, concept of it was oh. uh, conversations or a lack thereof, because uh, the point that I was aiming for was kind of like these short snippets of songs that are like super short and you don't feel like it's finished. And that's kind of like the vibe that I wanted to go for uh, with the initial uh, concept of that. It's like it's conversations, but they're not actually like completed conversations. So like the songs themselves... They're technically completed, but it kind of, it hmm. should be I can't wait to, like uh, there should be more. to hear that. I got another uh, interesting tidbit from reading all uh, your website, which is very well designed. Uh, what's a classically trained vocalist mm -hmm. like yourself Thank you. doing on a neo-soul street like this? <laughs> I, I think you I mean I'm classically mm -hmm. trained in the sense of like uh like technique but like I mean I grew up on like like early 2000s like R&B so it's not like I grew up listening to like classical music it's just mm -hmm. that's just the program that I ended mm -hmm. up being in when I was first looking for like vocal coaches in the first place to try to be a better singer in the first place so I just kind of fell into like classical music. So I started off officially technically singing as an opera singer, but like I've always did like R&B and soul, like like to the side, outside of like uh, like homework. My mother was a classically trained um, um, opera singer. She's even been in the Philadelphia and in, in one or two Philadelphia opera companies. And uh, it was a, a real adjustment oh, wow. when, when I got married into our into my wife's family. I say our family now because we would have to not have to, but we were mm -hmm. encouraged to attend these um, these operas at, at, at theaters and 
And it, it, in the beginning, it was like, mm-hmm. no, but, it, you know, after about seven years of marriage, I was like, yeah, I, I kind of miss going to the, show, the operas. Did you have that transition where it was, uh-huh. it was <laughs> uh, first, this is foreign to me, and then you became that person who's trying to tell other people, hey, you should check this out. This is pretty good. Um, I guess it was right. foreign because only because like I didn't grow Ooh. up on it. Like my family's my family's from Haiti, so we listen to Haitian music compa. So like I growing up I had nothing that was similar to classical music like at all. Um, so it was definitely foreign in that regard, but like it's only foreign because I wasn't used to it, but it wasn't foreign because like like I didn't want to do it. It was something that was interesting and different and something that I could say that maybe most right. people around me didn't start off that way. But like I just kind of took it on as like this kind of mini adventure and just kind of seeing what like a classical program looks like. And I've had the opportunity of being able to at least like singing in like different languages, like Latin and French and yeah, German, I, which was which is I can't imagine, really but uh, <laughs> it seems very hard. Uh, yeah. So with your Haitian roots, are you going to yeah. possibly switch gears on the upcoming sophomore album or or you're still saving that for something else? Yeah, you want to... Uh, in the uh, sense of what? Like, you mean like style so, it's, it's or... How sometimes you have really talented guitarists and then sometimes around their, I would say around their junior album or some, somewhere between their sophomore and junior they play instrument less and they get more into musical arrangement, which people would just call it, you know, today we say, oh, making beats or yeah. looping tunes. But still, it's, it's, uh, it's, yeah. a, it's a, a real great way to do musical arrangement. Are you, do you plan on switching gears in that way? Maybe less guitar playing, more musical arrangement, more uh, other instruments, other artists? Just curious. Um, I definitely wanted to start flexing, like, I guess the producing skills that I've been low-key trying to build Mm -hmm. over these last couple (laughs) corona months. Um, I still play guitar, definitely, because that's, uh, that's kind of like my, my grounding, my, my foundation. And I'm not the best guitarist, like, I'll put that out there. But like, I'm always open to at least trying to learn and improve. But I know that, like, lately I've been just, like, experimenting with, like, different sounds as far as, like, production and, like, synth sounds. And I do have some, like, basic, like, piano playing, like, ability. So, like, having a couple little, like, MIDI keyboards around, like, I can I can definitely put together a progression. And if need be, I can always switch over to just playing, like, a couple guitar chords and just kind of editing it you know, on, uh, on my hmm. computer. Very and just cool. Getting it, getting the I'm going to take some time different. to reintroduce you. I'm with Nefertiti Gold. She's an independent singer-songwriter of the New York, New Jersey metropolitan area. She's traveled all across the country. She's a talented singer-songwriter who produces her own music. In 2018, she released an incredible EP uh, titled It Would Have All Been Different, which is... Uh, an, an incredible piece of work. 
More of Nefertiti Gold and more will be after these commercial messages. Mm-hmm. I'm here with Nefertiti Gold, talented singer-songwriter out of the New York and New Jersey area. Uh, welcome back, Nefertiti, for the second part of our interview. I'd like to talk to you about your social Thanks. media presence. First of all, your YouTube channel struck me with jealousy okay. at the level of production. It is, it is unreal. <laughs> it is, it is good. You, you could, you could honestly read the yellow pages and I would watch that <laughs> because, because YouTube channel production is an obsession of mine. <laughs> I intend on starting a, uh, a album review. Yeah channel but i have not had the time i'm gonna see how this podcast life works but um what is your inspiration yeah for that youtube channel well the inspiration just comes from i guess being on youtube so much you know you you get sucked into like these videos that show up in your suggestions and then you know, after a while, like, I started following, like, a few channels that specifically target, like, I guess, like, filmmakers, and it really interests me, like, how high-quality production these YouTube videos can get. I mean, we're talking, like, some of these YouTubers are using, like, mm-hmm. cinema cameras that are used on movie sets for YouTube mm-hmm. cameras. Like, they're shooting 8K footage mm-hmm. to reduce it down to 4K for YouTube, and it's, like, the quality is like beyond this world and it's like I really love like that that craft of it and I just it's something that like I want to find a way to like incorporate it on my own channel but still keeping the subject matter uh music related because like that's you know like that's my niche you know but like I really do admire just like how amazing like some of these videos or like these little five minute documentaries just like come out and it's it's just people making it on YouTube and they found a way to like deviate away from like this, you know, the quote unquote traditional 40 hour work week and have found a way to like make a living creating art that makes so them happy. Are you a telecommunications major? You have that, that you sound like you went to school for telecommunications. Not at all. I went to school for like friend of mine went to school for telecommunications. Yeah, and he became a uh, (laughs) a a route salesman for a potato chip company. So, you know, yeah. I mean, he he knew every the way you're talking is the way he talked when he went to school. And after he got his degree and couldn't find a job, he became a a route potato Mm -hmm. chip salesperson. And now he he does business management, which is very funny because you sound like. The alternate reality of him. <laughs> uh, your website is yeah. probably <laughs> the best artist website I've been on. It's, yeah. it's, it's in my top five. Now, let me explain my website obsession with you. My wow. wife owns her own company and it's called 1030 Designs. Okay. All she does is design websites, logos, and, mm-hmm. and, and touch up photos for me after mm-hmm. I take photos. She obsesses over websites. So therefore, I obsess over websites. So when we went through your website, we were like, wow. (laughs) Who designed, Who? first of all, who's your host? Who designed your website? What happened there? 
Um, my website is, uh, I designed it and I designed it via Squarespace. Yeah. So that website is pretty much, yeah, that pretty much, that website is pretty much all me. I would say like what really elevates it was that like, I just hired a really, really amazing photographer to take the photos that I use and now using it as the backdrop. For most of yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's incredible so, like, vibe, and it goes good with the music. Yeah. It's, an, it's a, a solid site, but you mentioned the photographer. Uh, who, who, who is this incredible photographer? Can we follow him on yeah. Instagram? Yeah, his uh, the Instagram is one I photography, so O-N-E, the letter I, and then photography. And the specific photographer at the time was Parlay. Well, his name is Richard Parlay. And um, he's also a part of like this, uh, this like musical duo called Benetton. And I just like, I love them. They're like, they're, they're definitely like an inspiration for like how I move because I see them with their branding and their branding is pretty much like the ultimate like DIY artist. Like they do their own videos, they do their own photos, they literally produce their own music and they distribute it also. And like they're able to like, they were able to kind of make some pretty dope power moves. And as just, I really admired how much they were able to like accomplish on their own yeah, without like in, uh, a major- They're really backing. talented musician. I, I think that's just the culture uh, in your New York, New Jersey area. There's a real talented singer-songwriter. Uh, you might have heard of him named Eric mm-hmm. Roberson. This guy, he is uh, he he is known as the mm-hmm. king of underground R and B music, and he 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 basically like he was in a label, oh, man. and then they uh, they released one single. Warner Brothers released a single, then they shelled his album, and that was somewhere around twenty years ago. Mm-hmm. Ever since then, he's been doing it out of pocket. And his tours wow. like pack out, and he's written uh, mm-hmm. he's written for uh, uh, just about everyone you've ever listened to or loved. Everyone from One Twelve to Faith Evans, and uh, that's just the, yeah. I think that's the culture in your in your neighborhood. Wow. It's not like as you go. I would say in Philadelphia, we're more like you know I'm going to get this this record deal. And they'll they'll do the rest. <laughs> uh, yeah. And you don't sound like that's what you're looking for. Yeah, is it what you're looking for? I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it would be really nice to actually have some help. I'm like, I'm not gonna lie to you. Like, with the amount of hats that I, I do wear, like it it gets very overwhelming if I don't stay fairly strict with like my scheduling to make sure things get done so it's not that i want to say like i'm not looking for a label if the opportunity arises and the contract and the numbers look right i i may definitely consider it but like right now like that's not what's being offered and i really don't want to wait until it's in my lap to to do something to do something dope so if I'm able to find a way to execute it myself, like I'll figure it out. But you know, the end game is like I would like to build out a team so I can have some help, so I can at least really shift the focus to actually, you know, just create and like put like all the energy in creating versus just like 
splitting my attention between creating and coordinating and doing all the like the logistical stuff and making sure like if I post something on Instagram, the link is already uploaded to the bio. There's a mailing list prepared to be like sent out the next day. And then like, there's like mini videos already edited out for like the rest of the week to be like, to be put on social media. So like, if I could have help with that down the line, that that would be great. But if it's not here now, like that's also okay. Like I'll, I'll find a way and I'll figure it out. I'll stay up late at night if I have to, but yeah. It's just well, what the game is. Who at the distributes moment. your music? Because you're on uh, Apple, Title, Spotify. I believe you're on Amazon Music as well. So, mm-hmm. so you know, yeah. If you're doing that by yourself, what could a label really do for you? Um, at this point, well, I distribute through DistroKid, which is like very like indie 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 friendly they just you just pay like a yearly uh fee to to use their service and they will push your music out to all the the major uh distribution sites um and they don't take any of the money they just they're only taking that that yearly fee and you basically keep whatever you earn from like streams and stuff but as far as like what a label could do i mean at this point label could really offer just more funds for like marketing and like being able to push to like more major crowds. Understand that. Now, without uh, pressing the issue, let's say you do well. Well, yeah, with with the way things were, but if you were allowed to touch people um, uh, in in concerts, I think it it would. You know, you would be. wouldn't even it wouldn't even be a conversation we'd be having, and I don't, yeah. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. <laughs> I'm just like, I because sometimes I forget there's a pandemic and everything shut down, yeah. and then I'm and then I'm like, oh yeah, no, I can't ask that question. Yeah, because that's a stupid question. Um, on to the next question. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you podcast? <laughs> that I like I secretly started your voice, your voice dropped out in the conversation uh I uh, can, podcast uh can you hear me now yeah I hear you fine um I do have a podcast that like I secretly started just like literally randomly um well, what's the name it's of it on... you could follow <laughs> it's called the golden hour and it's actually ex- exclusively on a podcasting app called Tin Can that I recently uh, partnered with. And my whole feel on that podcast is just like bursts of like motivational inspiration, right? And it's basically just taking maybe bits and pieces of conversations that I might have with friends or reflecting on maybe like situations that I've been in and just kind of pulling the lesson from it and just putting it on a podcast, but I only do five or six minute episodes. Like I don't do an hour, half hour. Like I wanted it to, I wanted it to be something very quick, very brief, get to the point and just kind of like be like a burst of like inspiration to like start out the week or start out your day. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's that's awesome. That's all, you know, people really need, honestly, if you're just talking to yourself. In the uh, in, yeah. in the room, trust me, I know. 
Yeah. So also, I just see that you have a TikTok. Is it, no, it's not TikTok. Is it a TikTok channel? Yes. I see that you have a TikTok channel. Is that TikTok? No. What is the ghost? The yellow circle around him. Uh, that is TikTok. <laughs> well, what, is, what is the ghost? The, the blue ghost? No, that's Snapchat. Snap. You know what? I'm, I'm showing my age. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I wrote down to, I wrote the script. It has TikTok. Uh, it's okay. how, how, what can we expect to see on your Snapchat when we follow you? Uh, Snapchat is very, it's very candid. It's not polished like at all. Like you'll definitely just see me just kind of chilling, talking my ish, uh, just kind of being carefree. You'll probably see some moments between like me and my family. Um, it's definitely not like I, I don't really do anything musical on there. It's really like that one platform where I can just be like super chill. You see like a more real raw side of me. And yeah, I, I kind of like it for that purpose. Like I don't do anything super polished. Like what I might do for like Instagram with some of the posts or the stories. Snapchat is definitely just more real, more raw, more chill, laid back unfiltered sometimes <laughs> if I, you know... Had Let me take a moment to reintroduce uh, introduce you. I'm <laughs> a talented singer-songwriter, YouTube channel sensation, incredible website and model on many <laughs> uh, really cool photos, uh, Nefertiti Gold. We'll be back after oh, uh, these commercial messages. Thank you. And we're back for the final and awesome five questions more with Nefertiti Gold. I'm actually asking more because the interview is so good that I have to know more about her. And so there we go. Uh, let's talk about uh, the Black <laughs> Lives Matters movement and its effect on future projects for you. I know a lot of artists are telling me that this has really changed the focus of their sound. I mean, like artists who were kind of just into a pop party sound and now they're being more conscious. Are you going through the same yeah. effect? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, to be quite honest, no. Uh, I've thought about it and I, I, I personally don't feel comfortable making music off of tragedies because in the end game I'm going to yeah. upload it and I'm yeah. going to make money off of it so I'm going to benefit off of it. So like, I don't feel comfortable with that like at all. So I kind I've decided to kind of keep whatever content that I end up writing in my songs is just gonna stay true to what I've done before. But what I have also made it a point to do was on my website I included a page. It's called the Heart of Gold, and what I included there was just like some links to kind of get the education portion of it going because I feel like there are a lot of people that kind of fall in between the cracks where like a lot of people say silence is violence and sometimes that's mm -hmm. not always the case I think that's that's too general I think there are general I think there are people who just aren't who understand that they have privilege right. but they don't really understand the root of it and I think the root of it just stems back to just like you know just public school education and the fact that yes. there was so much left out of our history books and everything was kind of like whitewashed and yeah you know we tend to do better when we know better and i think like everything that's happened 
for a lot of people that yeah. actually are very genuine if they are white, right? They it's, it's it's a lot to take in. It's a lot to process. Like it's not natural to watch a video of human life being taken, and I believe that it's hard to find a starting point of like where where do you start to kind of like you know begin the process of change. Like what links are like reputable. Like what information is like you know worth listening to. So like that page on my website. Like I looked into each and every link. And I've just included some like educational resources to start with, right? It's not the end all be all, but it's a starting place for those who just don't really know where to start, what to Google, what to search. And I've included links that uh, talk about uh, just like the public school education system and how it's funded between like taxes. I've included a link uh, explaining the original film of The Birth of a Nation in 1915. Uh, also included like a short documentary of Black Wall Street. And I've also included um, an education cartoon series that just explores right. Black excellence over time, right? Black History 365 and going over historical Black figures in history that I as an adult wasn't even aware of because, you know, Black History Month in school was always kind of reduced down to only Malcolm X, only MLK, only Rosa Parks, and you never really got like a full array of like different types of people throughout history in general, you know? So like that cartoon series is especially important to kind of bring a positive light as well, that there are so much more uh, Black influencers throughout history that never really gets to shine over the yeah, 28 yeah. days of February each uh, year. It's interesting that you, were, you mentioned you learned about Malcolm X in school. Uh, I didn't learn about Malcolm X until I was uh, <clears throat> in college and, and uh, Spike Lee's movie came out. It yeah. was just, it was just, uh, and, and I, I live in I Philadelphia. That. I don't know if you know much about the uh, history of Philadelphia, but Mm-hmm. There was a, uh, a a a black nationalist group, and they were peaceful people called the Moves in West Philadelphia, and and our our city literally yeah. bombed uh, and burned seven city blocks just because these people were they they lived independently wow. of of the state of the state, and and they mm-hmm. and, and and that's just the culture we have in Philadelphia. The pandemic. Yeah. Were you mid? Were you were you the beginning of a yeah. tour? Were you mid tour or just finishing up when everything shut down March thirteenth? Um. You see, the thing is, it's like everything for me over here. Um, everything started to kind of get serious around March thirteenth, and it wasn't until I forget. Yeah, it was it was kind of like it was March 13th we got word we're working from home and then while we were working from home it was just kind of like well we don't know how long we're going to be working from home for and then like that following like the, the couple days after that was just when you just started getting wind of like everything just shutting down like society cannot leave the house and curfews and it's just like whoa this is kind of getting crazy um I did have a show planned mm-hmm. for June originally. Um, I ended up canceling it 
but like I had waited at least a week or two before doing so because I wanted to see what things were looking like. And at the time, it just wasn't looking promising at all. And it, and it wasn't because clearly things are just starting now to are just starting now opening up in July. Um, I only had like that one show planned. I didn't have any like major anythings. Um, there were some talks of doing South by Southwest, but like even before everything had uh, officially shut down, South by Southwest had already canceled. Um, there were talks of me and amongst some people in my group of trying to like maybe go to Europe, maybe do like a quick uh, mini European little landing. Nothing like nothing like an official tour, but just kind of starting to like make our mark maybe like overseas and that just kind of that definitely got pulled. And we're not even too sure when that's going to be an yeah, option because apparently Europe is not letting Americans stars. in. So. Yeah. Um, aside from just like talking about overseas and just like the one show that was originally planned for June, like I didn't have anything major uh, prepared, but it was a bit of a bummer because it's like I, I did want to do more shows, but it's also a blessing in disguise because it, it gave me the opportunity to start exploring different avenues of music, uh, which is more so the production side. Because I've only really just started producing over uh, over these last couple months, and it came from the opportunity of finding some online courses that were offering some really steep discounts that I was originally looking into. You know, taking in-person classes like in New York, but you know they were offering like these crazy discounts online just to try to fill in classes. I was just like well, it's either now or never. And I, I don't regret it like at all. I think it's helped so tremendously. And um, I'm happy that I at least took the risk of yeah. trying to learn something new during this time. Where do you see yourself in the field of music in the future? Do you see yourself more on the production board or do you see yourself in the studio room with the microphone in front of you? I I definitely still want to be a touring artist. Like I, I definitely still want to do shows. Um, you, there, there's like no. I've done like a few virtual shows, and at the end of the day, there's nothing that really replaces just being around real people <laughs> and just kind of just vibing with the energy of a room and just like you know chit chatting and just sharing drinks with like strangers that end up being like friends by the end of the night like nothing will ever really replace like that experience of it so i i, I want to get back to doing live shows uh in the future i'd like to say that like i'm able to really be a full-time musician and get you know be able to get like my year's salary from like performing and then anything else that comes in you know the residuals would be from like maybe streaming, some sales on the website, uh, YouTube monetizations, maybe a few partnerships. But I definitely still want to balance out being on a stage in front of real people, interacting with real people, and also, you know, just being in a studio as well. But I, I just feel like the live performance concert scene is just like, nothing will ever really replace it. Because I think that's just where true, genuine, like, human But you're so amazing uh 
with the production on the production side of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I feel like that in itself is like maybe two days, maybe three days worth of just like locking myself oh. in the studio and getting a song done top bottom, like mixing, doing all of that. But like, I wouldn't say like it, it's like the bulk of it, you know, I, I do like people. <laughs> I like being around people. I like talking to people. I like hearing like different stories and hmm. and things of that nature. Well, what can we as fans do to support you in this venture going forward? As of now, at this time. Um. Well, uh, everybody could subscribe to my YouTube channel Done. and tell I your friends that. and your mom to subscribe to my YouTube channel. Give me a checklist. <laughs> um. <laughs> I do have some merchandise like uh, on sale on my website. Um, like before, I had mentioned like before I had mentioned like the the Heart of Gold page on my website. I also had decided to donate fifty percent of any sales that I get from my merch to an organization called Facing History and Ourselves, and their whole approach is to basically educate you know young children about like the true history of like this country and their whole. Uh, like their their whole mission is to really kind of have kids at a young age be able to recognize bigotry and racism and stereotypes. And I, I feel like because it attacks like that education portion that I'm pretty much passionate about, like I, I want to permanently just donate 50% of any of my sales. Obviously the other 50% just goes towards, you know, financially helping me support all the other things that I do. And then in the future, when I get like new merchandise, just kind of like keep that as like a permanent thing in place to just kind of donate to this group. So that's another way. Just buy some merch and enjoy. And then you can know that you're also not only supporting me, but you're also supporting well, a good cause. What's next? What, what are we doing? What are we doing next? What are we doing next? I don't know. I have no idea. Um, uh, I guess if anybody's listening, if you're in the New Jersey area, I'm doing a show on the 24th, I believe, in New Brunswick outside of Harvest Moon. It's going to be like a, a soiree. Uh, obviously, social distancing will be enforced, but they have some outdoor seating, and I was finally able to get like a little really? uh, a show book so I'm looking forward to that and it'll be different yeah it'll be different for me uh, it's probably going to be the longest two set, hour set. it's going to be like a, like a two hour set that's that's storytelling that's VH1 storytelling yeah yeah <laughs> yeah I know it's a two hour set so like these next couple of weeks preparing for that is just going to be very interesting and I want to bring some like new elements to like uh, my performances as well not just like singing and playing guitar but I also wanted to try to like also include maybe some like live production on scene on site and just kind of make some vibe music like while I'm there for like an hour or so and just I'm um, praying that it goes well but I, I think it will to, uh, bring a musician out usually when people have like those really extended long sets out they're like oh this is my friend he's gonna play some of his hits and you're like oh okay that's how they're gonna use that two hours <laughs> <laughs> I I just no I've decided to, to to take on the challenge of filling out the two hours. My 
you know, in the world of comedy, it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. But like, I think comedy, I'll be able to do it. You have to do your yeah. time. There's a, I forget how the saying goes: do your time, not a minute less, not 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 a minute more, not you won't or you won't mm-hmm. see a nickel or dime, but do your time. And there's these stories I've heard of comedians that will do, no matter yeah. how bad the place is, they'll do their one hour sets. And if they don't, then, then, you know, they don't pay you. If you do 54 minutes, they get out of paying you. But if you do your one hour, you get it. Thank God it's not like that for musicians. Yeah. <laughs> you can pretty much mm-hmm. end what you want to as a musician. You, you get paid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And plus, like, I, I would, I wouldn't mind including, like, uh, another person, but, like, trying to, it, it's going to be a little difficult yeah. coordinating some type of, like, rehearsal schedule and then still trying yeah. to maintain, like, the six feet and just, and just be cognizant of that. So, I just decided I'll just take on the challenge and I won't know until I do it whether or not I'm, I'm also, able to do it. So, I'd like to ask you one it. more question. Uh, you are a a a fashion okay. creator for uh, uh, fashion accessories uh, tailored for men called uh, my tail. Is that how I'm pronouncing? The uh, Matal. There you yeah. go. How did you? Yes, yeah, called Matal. Yeah, Matal. Yeah. That was another one of like my. Many side projects that I, I seem to apparently just get into because I just create. And I just like to create. Um, I felt like it was it was different because one, I'm female. Two, I'm black, and I'm pretty sure that combination doesn't come off in uh, doesn't really happen in like male fashion. So that was just kind of like my take on it. I actually recently acquired uh, a partner on it that'll be taking over within like the next couple of months. Like that's literally recent with like the last, within like the last couple of days. And it's only because like the music side has just had my, a lot of my attention. And I feel like the brand itself can go further, but I need somebody else to kind of take that and and uh, manage it more so for me. I love so that I can These focus more on the, the music side. It's beautiful. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna order a bunch of yeah. stuff. Thank you. And um, and use my wife's credit card. I'm st- <laughs> <laughs> she makes more money than I. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you so much, <laughs> Nefertiti. I really appreciate this. This That's was awesome. very fun. Yeah, uh, I can't you. wait to uh, hear the newest album, Conversation. I can't wait to get my, oh, it's sold out, the Red Death uh, Rain Damn. bracelet. Oh, man, that looks nice. Well, I Pocket watch. Yeah, that yeah. one was a popular yeah, one. You got some, you got some nice pieces on here. This is <laughs> insane. Oh, look at this golden serpent. Thank oh, it's you. sold out too. The black Thank dragon. You. Man, <laughs> this is some nice stuff here. Oh man, that's that's uh, <laughs> mihtal dot Thank you. Go there. M M is in and yes. uh, man yeah. I is in in incubus. Uh, H is in. I can't. I don't know. Uh, just go to the site. M I M I H T A L. Thank you so very much, Nefertiti. This, this has been a, a joy. Yeah. You take good care of yourself. Have a good one. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Bye bye.
Kingsley Questions has been a production of Anchor.fm and the good people over at Spotify. We'd also like to thank the talented staff at 1030 Designs for crafting our logo and promotional material. We also want to thank Nefertiti Gold for appearing on the show. Thank you so much. If you're interested in subscribing and liking, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple iTunes, and on other platforms. Thank you for listening and have a great day. Thank you.